been a couple of weeks because I had COVID and uh, it wasn't that I had COVID. That wasn't the reason. Well, the, the, the reason we didn't record the first week was because I was traveling the next day or supposed to, to get back to Lisbon. But you can see my background is still that same LA background that I've had. So yeah, was, yeah, the birds are chirping in your background. Someone tried to call me out on it on Twitter about the, the birds. That's your situation, not mine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, though. What's wrong with that? having some birds in the background when you do a podcast? That's fine. Yeah, that's so, okay. yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna apologize for that. So the first <laughs> reason we didn't have a podcast was Wednesday, because I was traveling Thursday, and there's no way I could edit it and get it done in time. So I was supposed to travel. But then on Wednesday afternoon, uh, I found out that Sasha had COVID. Cause, and the only reason I knew this is really weird. You know, you have to take your test to fly. But with Portugal, if you're under 12, you don't have to have a test. But the testing place was free, so Heather said, should I get Sasha too? I'm like, yeah, you may as well. Well, she and I were negative. Sasha's positive. Uh-oh, what do you do now? Like, we can't go, yeah. but also we can't stay because we're at Heather's mom's house and Heather's mom, we don't want to give her COVID. And so what do we do? I'm like, Airbnb? I don't know. Like, what do you do as a family? You're not, you're not in your own house just quarantining. You're at someone else's house that is older. So what do you do in that situation? Yeah, that's tough. And you're saying the internet was no good either, right? Well, no, the internet at this place where I'm doing this is great, but no, I know, but I'm saying the, yeah. the last, well, yeah, well, that's, saying, so yeah. we didn't even know. So we're like, uh Oh, I called a couple of people just to tell them, Hey, you know, you saw Sasha five days ago. She's got COVID mm. at that point. You know, I was negative and I didn't have any symptoms. She had like no symptoms. She had like a little runny nose maybe, but she had it. And we tested again just to make sure it wasn't false positive and mm -hmm. she had it. So then, and you could have uh, just not tested and flown back. You're saying because right. she wasn't Although, even required. Right. I would have right. got sick. Like when we got to Germany and then yeah. who, they were right. like, put me in some quarantine yeah. hotel. Well, yeah. Probably. You would have got other people say, no, I'm glad. Good thing. That and I would have got people yeah, sick no. on the plane. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No good thing that didn't happen. So, yeah. so you, so you guys are okay though, before we get any further. Everyone. Yeah. I mean, Heather's the worst of the three of us right now, but she's alive. Um, okay. but I, we'll get into that. So my friend who I called to tell him, you know, Hey, we were hanging out, you know, Friday or whatever, five days ago, just so you know, he calls me back. He says, Are you interested in staying in my parents' condo? It's empty. They're, you know, they're in the summer. They're on the East Coast. It's only there in the winter. And I'm like, yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> what else? Where else am I going to go? Like, literally, we had nowhere to go. So we pick up the keys from him, and I drop off a $200 bottle of wine. Heather told me it's a $600 bottle of wine that she got from her mom's very wealthy ex-husband uh, as a gift. So we gave that to them, at least. Nice. And then we uh, headed over there. But then we get there, and I text them, what's the Wi-Fi? They're like, oh, no, they shut it down. Um, there's no Wi-Fi there until the summer. Uh, sorry, so, spoiler alert. Yeah, I got you. So that's why you yeah. went on XM. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't, right. You, I, I could have. Right. If, if I had good bandwidth, I would have just plugged in and done it there. Um, and you know, I was sick. I mean, I, so. But anyway, this is Thursday. This is Wednesday. And so we, you know, we've been there ever since. But like, you know, it's it's by the beach. We can go to the ocean and stuff. But we can't like go into a restaurant or go into a store. Sasha's negative, so we send her in to get coffee. But she complains. She doesn't want to deal with it. I'm still positive. I tested on Monday. I tested again today. I'm not sick. I haven't been sick for like five days. I have, you know, a little residual, whatever, but I'm fine. I, I feel normal, but Heather's still sick. She's okay, but she's just coughing a lot and achy and stuff. Still. I felt pretty crappy for like four days. It was like a regular kind of a bad cold. You know, I didn't feel like I was going to die or anything. Anyway, we'll get into some sports. We'll get back into other stuff, but that's why we haven't done the show for a couple of weeks. I'm supposed to be in Lisbon. But until I get a negative test and then Heather, who's behind me, until she gets a negative test, you know, we can't go anywhere. I mean, we literally we're trapped here. So where are you now, though? You're, you have Internet. You're back on. Uh, no, I'm at, I'm at Heather's mom's house. She's at work 
all day and I'm in the back, I'm outside. And I mean, I'm not going into places until I'm a negative test just to be extra careful. Sure. It's been 13 days, you know, since I got my, I mean, I'm pro, like, it's like longer than the quarantine, but you know, I just want to get that negative test. I mean, if it goes on for like a month, I'm just going to say, you know, screw it. But like for now, I'm going to just try to just make, get a negative test and then I'll be able to so do everything. Are you staying at the other place without the internet and you're just yes, driving? Yes, okay, I'm driving here. And you have far. no, and you have no flight back yet as of now. We can't book one cause we don't right, know we're right, going to be negative okay. and you need, it's yeah. just like the whole thing is such a yeah. nightmare. Wow. And, and we're lucky to have this place. I mean, it's nice right. enough. It's near the beach, go to the beach, but like, you know, it's, it's someone else's place. It's we're ordering in food every day. It's, it's horrible. I can't even go to the grocery store or, you know, any of that stuff. Yeah. We send Sasha in to get stuff cause she's negative, but like, you know, she can only, she can only do the basics. She can't go into like whole foods and do a shop for us or something, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Sorry to hear that, man, but I'm glad to hear you guys are, are recovering, yeah, we're, but yeah, okay. no, that must, that's certainly an inconvenience. You guys just thought you'd be home and then now you're stuck. For oh, months. it's horrible. But I mean, you know, there's like refugees who take like a boat across yeah. the Caribbean or the Mediterranean yeah. or uh, people muling them who are like, shoot them i mean there's yes there's, there's, there is a cobble situation going there's on that, right now. there's that, that, right? that right? there's like that's trying right. to get yeah, yeah, yeah trying to get out of afghanistan that's a good example yeah. for yeah, instance, if, you're, right if you now. totally yeah. botched your country totally botched the uh the exit strategy and you, you have to get out or get murdered yes so we're not yeah. quite in that situation no I say. so no no you're not yeah a lot going on in the world so much i don't even know where to start so well we'll start um, with sports yeah. we'll do a little sports and we'll, we'll get into the other world stuff so uh, I want to start with this, actually. Uh, our guy, Andrew Matney, one of our uh, followers, listeners, he, uh, he's very supportive of the pod. He's a very fr- a friend of the pod, I would say. But he gave me crap after the last pod. He actually gave me crap. He was upset with something in the pod, actually. Do you recall what Andrew Matney was upset about? Um, which one was it? Was he, was he calling me out for my baseball season? He was saying that I just really gave short shrift to how well you're doing in baseball and yeah. that I didn't give you the credit you deserved. And so he was calling me out. He was upset about that. He felt that you've got all these teams in the top 25 or whatever out of like 20 something hundred teams. And I was sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you know, whatever. And I'll say, okay, fair. That's fair. But that was July. That, that last podcast was in July. I mean, if you finish where you are now, I will give you a lot of credit, but I didn't want to, you know, I do want to jinx you, obviously, but credit in mid-July, I mean, you know, if you end up finishing, one of them is 50th, one of them is 112th, and one of them is 162nd, I'll say that was a really strong season, but I'm not going to, you know, bend over backwards to, to praise that. But if you finish the end of the year, top three in the 25, then, you know, you're going to have, you're going to deserve some, uh, some praise for that. Is it fair? Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, yeah. I, I, How are they doing all- now? I'm winning all three of the Rotowire Online Championships. One's in 22nd place, one's in 27th, and one's in 40th. Oh, um, I'm, you're not I'm even winning. in the top 20 anymore. Yeah. Well, 22nd and 27th, though. Okay. Um, winning two. I'm in three main events. Winning two of them. Winning um, two mains. Um, yes, winning two mains. Wow. Um, what are you overall uh, in, the, in the best one of those? Uh, 41 and 44. 41 okay. and 44. I mean, you're, you know, it's, there's a month and a half left. Like, you're not, you could win one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm winning the well, League of Leagues, uh, Yahoo Friends and Family, both my home leagues, Barf is Bay Area one. I mean, it's by far the best fantasy season I've ever had so far of any. Well, and sport. no one's had a good a season that good. It's to been win, pretty good. If you, so. if, you uh, if you finish three in the top 50 and win two out of three main events and win a couple of other leagues that you're in, 
You can't really have a better season. I guess you could if you won the overall. Right. But that's about it. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the overall, just, the overall is a bit of luck between like 20th and 1st. You have some in the 20s, you know, then you, you're sort of hoping to just get that boost yeah. at the end. And I lost my first round pick in all three of the Rotowire leagues. It was Bieber, Bauer, and who's the other first round pick that's slipping my mind? DeGrom. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, Crazy. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. at least you got, but, uh, you got some money's worth out of them before they went down. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah. Wasn't like you had Yelich, good, yeah. Yelich or yeah. something like that, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. But still, I'm saying I've literally lost my first rounder in all, yeah. in all these, in a lot of yeah. these. I mean, I had glass now and all the others too. Glass now was my right. second or third rounder in the, uh, well, there was, everywhere. You cannot never have too much pitching. It turns out. Yeah, no, I'd like it. It was Gaussman. Gaussman's yeah. the guy that's carrying you. Gaussman and Freddy Peralta. Yeah. Those are the two guys, yeah. right? I have a lot of Carlos Rodon, too, and him, he went down, too. But, I, you know, I appreciate him going down as opposed to just getting t- torn apart the final yeah. six weeks. You know, it's yeah. better just going down. But I, I was kind of getting lucky on him because a lot of these pitchers, though, you know, went through 100 innings last year, you know, so it's interesting what's going to happen here. Corbin Burns' Cy Young ticket is live. What if yeah. the Giants win the World Series and Otani wins the MVP, <laughs> Corbin Burns wins Cy Young? Uh, yeah, my, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it would be a nice, nice season for me for, for, for Dude, it would be, it would that. be so sick. If you're, if you won the MVP bet, the Cy Young bet, the world series bet, did you bet on the giants at 50 to one significant okay. amount? And, and you won all those leagues. Like, yeah, I think you're yeah. going to wake up and it's going to be February 1st <laughs> and you're going to just be what like, could go wrong. No, you're going to wake up. It's going to be February 1st. And you're going to realize you, this is just, you dreamt this, that this is not a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's so much time left to go poorly. And let me tell you, I burnt my, I'm all out of fab in the Jeff Erickson league, hundred percent right. out. They're almost out of my I mean, yeah. yeah, a couple, so it could just go really bad. Could it be a battle of attrition, all these empty spots and stuff. So, you know what though? Um, I, I whatever, I, I'm, I'm glad with the strategy I went with. I studied more than ever before. I'm more prepared than ever before. So it's nice, you know, like it's, it's something to tell your kids, you know, you do the homework. And sometimes every now and then it pays off, even if it all goes to hell. Now it's been a fun year, you know, uh, zero DFS playing, just watching all the, all my season long right. teams and, and getting an attachment to them. And just, it's so sick, Put the game being mix on, on, it, the, being being on, on the game, the, the game mix, eight games that I, I watch in baseball is, is actually pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, baseball is boring, but not when it's eight games at once in the game mix in the background, it's fine. You know, switch to your pitcher and, and whatever. It's fun. So yeah, it's been a fun, fun baseball year for me. I was just gonna, I was actually going to be a smart Alec, but I appreciate you doing it. I was going to ask you list. Uh, I have a serious question for you. Which local team should I be more excited about? So you shift away from me, but I'll still be bragging here, dude. It's so exciting. Not only are the, my giants best record in baseball, but with the Trey Lance mania, the Niners looking loaded on defense and Jonathan Kuminga is going to the warriors. It's just like, it's ridiculous being, being, it's just, just completely spoiled right now as a Bay area sports fan. Yeah, I don't know about the Bay Area, but the Bay Area sports fan is pretty. Yeah, right. I know. No, it's um, yeah, actually it's, traveling and going to the games is another uh, another issue. At least you won't be able to city. go to the games. That'll be good. And we'll get into all that. But yeah, Trey Lance, I've been trying to dunk on him, but then he made that yeah. play, and I was like, because uh, because they were kind of like, oh, well, we have a we'll have packages for him. I'm like, oh, like Taysom Hill, it's going to be awesome. But then he made that like on the run, sixty yard in the air, th- perfect throw. Who's that? The caught it? like Jordan Matthews or somebody like that caught it. But... Trent Shurfield. Oh, Trent Shurfield. Anyway, he was the lowest graded PFF passer of all the rookies by far, though this week. Which is, I don't, I feel like that's more of an indictment of the, of the PFF. There were four blatant drops, horrific backup right. linemen letting a jailbreak every time. Right. I mean, that was a weird grade. Well, it was just me, one but... of those. It was just one of those throws. Like when I, you know, when we have that Brady uh, Justin Herbert bet, and I and I yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. he's just kind of like. He Easily, gracefully moving out of the rush and just casually slinging a ball. I mean, who sells it though? He sold that play action yeah. and, and, and no, I mean, it's, was open. He could have went underneath. All I'm saying is Shanahan's not looking at that tape 
and 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 starting Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't make that throw. And okay, you think you think Lance is starting Week One? No, I mean whatever. Sooner rather than later. Because I, I would bet I'm you, not, I'm not even a Niners guy, but I would easily bet fifty bucks that the first snap is is Jimmy G. Yeah, no, I wouldn't bet that. It makes yeah. sense. I think the, the locker room loves Jimmy G, and he's 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 having some impressive practices too. And, and Lance is still raw, so no, I'm not going to do that. But it's coming. Yeah, it's just inevitable. It's just a matter of when. But but yeah, no, it's exciting. Um, but all these rookie guys. You have any thoughts on the preseason watching the NFL? I mean, Zach Wilson, uh, any of these other guys, Justin Fields. How did teams like Denver pass on Justin? What about the Giants? Fields? Traded Patrick, they traded uh, Justin Fields. They traded uh, Justin Fields. They, that that was their pick that they traded uh, the Bears. I mean, here I am. I'm just an idiot who never watches any college. I just had Mario Puig, Rotowires on talking football with the podcast right before this, um, and it's just crazy. I, I, I did the reading and Fields is. I don't understand what, what's happening. It was obvious before. I mean, like, what? Why are all these teams that need quarterback passing? Well, for cor- the Giants don't need a quarterback. Obviously, the Giants are set for Danny Dogecoin. You appreciated that one too. <laughs> no, I didn't. Hey, I promise I wasn't just calling you out on my article, but I love you. Actually, came across it and read a little, and you thought that I was subtweeting you or so in my article. I love it. Hopkins. I love it. Not only did I take Hopkins or Ridley, I have Ridley ahead of Hopkins, by the way, now and AJ Brown too. But I only took Hopkins ahead of Ridley. It was close because of that foot thing, and it looks like he's over that. But uh, but I still like Hopkins. I'm not like, oh no, I can't believe I did that. I think Hopkins will be fine. I also moved AJ Brown way up because I've just been just reading the camp reports and like right, he's playing on bad knees last year and he had 12.8 yards per target as a rookie and he still had 10 with the bad knees. And I'm just like, I don't care about all the noise. Julio's this or he's there or whatever. This guy is a monster. He's in his third year. He's going to get enough targets. He's just going to dominate the league. And DK Metcalf's the other guy. Like, I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to pay up. Like, we're in that Evans auction. Like, I just pay up. I don't care. Like, if I have DK Metcalf and he doesn't get hurt, there's no way I'm losing money on that. There's just no possible way I'm losing money on AJ Brown or DK Metcalf. And I just feel like, like, stop overthinking it. You know, like Jonathan Taylor, uh, AJ... AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, these monstrous players in their primes at their peak, only injuries can stop these guys. I agree. That's why I said in my column, imagine taking 23 year old DK Metcalf after taking Hopkins over him. He led the, he's led the NFL in end zone targets since entering the league. AJ Brown, Julio's already sidelined all this thing, I think with some sort of tissue issue. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess Arthur Smith leaving could be a problem. So what do you make of Derrick Henry? Cause I was with you. It just feels like the time to, to get off uh, after 800 carries last two years. But the, the line of that's it's really been studied by all the smart people says, suggested about 1500 career carries. And you look at Henry, who first of all, is just built different. He's flat out might be one of those outliers like Tyreek Hill is only the opposite spectrum. Um, and he's only at like 1100 career carries. So maybe I am um, overrating as far as the stay away from Henry this year. What do you, what do you think? What do you think about him? Well, I mean, you can't look at 1500 carries and just say like, that's the rule. 1500 carries means a, a lot of career work, but if you got 800 of them in the last two years, that might also qualify. There's different thresholds. That's right? what I was asking. That's if what a pitcher right, throws right. X amount of innings. Okay. That's a threshold. If a pitcher throws 300 innings of the previous year, that might be a threshold If a pitcher for a reliever throws 120 innings, two years in a row, you know, there's probably different levels where you're pushing it beyond the normal amount. And we don't know because there, there's some luck involved and, and it's nothing's just a rule and everybody's a little different, but I think there's some risk of workload for with Henry. I think that Zeke is the other one that I was talking about on the radio. He hit the 1500 mark. So he he's 1500. Hit it. It's every year he's had it and he was slow last year. I mean, he had bad line and bad quarterback, but like he had four yards of carry and his yards per cats were like horrible. And okay, maybe it's just circumstances and yards per carry is kind of noisy, but maybe he's just, I mean, look at Lev Bell. Lev Bell was great like three, four years ago. Now he's out of the league. 
And Lev Bell wasn't even hurt either. It wasn't like Gurley who got hurt. Maybe Zeke has slowed down. Maybe Zeke is not the prime Zeke that, you know, he was three, four years ago. And so again, with that line, with that offense, he'll still be like serviceable, but you might be getting kind of a Joe Mixon instead of like prime Zeke. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying it occurred to me, like we're just like writing off Zeke's bad year is like, Oh yeah, he had a bad situation. But like, what if he's just kind of, you know, he's just kind of not the guy that he was when he came into the league. Yeah, no, and he's hit that 1,500 marker. Yeah. It's a career trajectory. You start going downhill there. So he's an interesting case because you look at the first month with Dak last year and just he had so many carries inside the five, so many targets. And Tony Pollard, by the way, was not any good himself. And he was no, Pollard a is not last, last year. Yeah, so buy, forget that. So um, Elliot, I mean, this the situation, by the way, I'm laughing at your, uh, your Dak uh, yo-yoing on the rankings and calling uh, me out as well. Uh, on Twitter with that, but so, uh, so oh, when I say, well, no, it says tried to mock you for taking him in the fourth round. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. uh, and then I put him back up, but I still have him below Herbert and I still have him below uh, Lamar Jackson now. Yeah. So, so, uh, but so Elliot, but having said that, so I've talked myself into him as my, my number three player and I've been drafting him as such. Um, but yeah, that's, you don't really feel comfortable taking someone there whom I know I want no part of next year. I'm positive. I want no part of Zeke in next year's draft tables. So it's weird that I feel comfortable taking him third this year, but kind of just one more year out of them in, in the right situation. But yeah, that's certainly, certainly not ideal. Justin Herbert, by the way, I'm just going to say he, he, he excelled in areas that are typically not sustainable. The final 10 games last year, do you know what his, what his YPA was? What do you think Herbert's YPA was final 10 games? I'm going to say 6.5. Um, let me see to make totally sure here. 6.6. Ah, there but we go. Nine I mean, that's, and now he has Lombardi, you know, bad that guy was, he just tried to ruin, um, uh, last time he was offensive coordinator. So I, I'm not sure about him. He's just a guy that I feel like maybe there was more film on. It's unclear that he's going to be an immediate star. Sometimes you take a step back before you do a, a one forward. He does to me, like, again, we have our Brady bet. And I would certainly have our DAC bet. You want to do no, that? I, no, I don't want to. There's no reason for me to offer you one where your guy's the higher ADP. But I like Herbert. I, I think like his his number one snap. The guy who's going to get the most snaps at running back for him is a receiver. Yeah, a good receiver. And they, have, they had a bad you know, offensive line and bad. Coach now they've got a great here. offensive line, and and yeah. it can't get worse. The coaching, so everything's upgraded for him. And that guy, you saw that clip I showed. That guy just slings the ball. He's like Dan Marino. He just whips the ball out. He's also six six. And he runs a four, six, eight, which is faster than Josh Allen. He scored five rushing touchdowns last year. They don't really have a goal line back. I mean, yeah. this guy, I, is I, I asked Mario in the pod. I'm like, you got to tell me who the big back's going to be on the chargers. Cause I'm, I'm not buying Eckler in the first round pick. He's going to break yeah. down. He doesn't, he doesn't get the goal line carries. And he's I like, agree. Herbert was his answer. Yeah. And Herbert's Herbert's big. He's like Josh Allen. So you got Josh Allen there, you know, but he's going in the sixth round and uh, it's the same thing, like just as many passes, except instead of Devin Singletary, they got Austin Eckler is the, is the prime pass catcher. So that's, I don't know. I, that's a really good situation for him. Okay. It could, could be, could be, all right. I'm not going to push back too much on, on Herbert, but um, yeah, it's a weird situation with, with Zeke and the whole first round is weird that there's just so like, again, like Eckler's going sixth or something in the NFFC leagues in some places. I mean, but then at the same time, Nick Chubb and PPR. I like him around six where you've been taking him too, but that's, you know, it's not exactly the great ideal in a PPR league. So it's really, yeah. really weird. That's why I, I, I think Jonathan Taylor. 
Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I'm with you. Yeah, no, I know. Now, just when, all this noise, all this noise so about yeah. the line and Wentz and, and, and these other running backs, like just take the absolute beast in his prime who showed that he's the guy that he was supposed to be all the pedigree runs a four, three, nine at 230 pounds or whatever it is. This is the guy. I mean, this is Adrian Peterson with some pass catching skill. Just take the guy. I mean, just forget it. Just forget about all this stuff. Do you remember, remember any offensive linemen on the Vikings when Peterson was around? Any names? Any quarterbacks of note? No, you don't remember anybody. There's nobody good. It doesn't matter. You know, this is the guy. So I he don't know. He might be the safest given his age and, know, and, and workload. He might be the safest pick. Seriously, if my life depended on it, I probably would say he'd have the highest floor, like seriously. So I'm with you on that. What about Najee Harris? Obviously not the safest because we haven't seen him do it at the NFL level. But why am I... I feel I, I'm, I'm beginning to realize that I'm way ahead of him. Like I've taken him in another league. That seems crazy. That I took him in the Vegas league at eighth overall or whatever, but I got him into the second in an NFFC league with Vlad the other day. Um, how many running backs can you project to get 300 touches like four, five, and he's one of them. So I don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts on him? I got him like 10th or something like that. Okay. You overall know. you mean, right? Yeah. Overall. I mean, okay. I think the only, receiver I have ahead of him is Devonte Adams. And then yeah, someone I, called me out on Twitter too. And, and tagged Andy Barron's cause he has a uh, Kelsey really high. And I have Kelsey apparently low, like 22nd or something. Me too. I have Kelsey a career low. high. Yeah. Super so, low. I mean, you would take Najee Harris over Kelsey, right? Oh, snap call that. I wouldn't okay. even think about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would, I would take like, there's like, I take DK Metcalf over Kelsey. I take AJ Brown over Kelsey. I would take a lot of these guys. I'm a little, I'm not as high in Justin Jefferson as you. I think he's good. I don't love the fact that he hurt his shoulder. Stefani was on today and said she didn't think it was that big of a deal. She said he could get aggravated, but she's not moving him down. So maybe I'll move him back up one or two spots, but Brown and Metcalf are just the guys I'm going to have. I just, those two but Najee tail. Harris, you're okay with Najee Harris. If you have the 10, yeah, I don't know anything about college board. football. So I don't know how good I don't he either. is. I don't, either. I don't know. I yeah. don't know how good he is. I mean, he's good enough to get in the first round, I guess, but and I don't know how how he's going to do as a pass catcher. Like I, the Steelers tend to just use their guy, whether it's Connor or Lev Bell, yeah. just as every, he's the everything guy. So they'll probably throw 50 passes his way. I mean, probably, he'll probably get 50 catches and 280 carries. If he stays healthy. And if you say, well, generically, we don't know much about the guy. He's a first round pick, but we don't know anything else. And he's going to get 280 and 50. He's a top 10 pick, right? I mean, no. you don't, that's all you need to know, right? I mean, that's pretty much it. No, it's funny to me to just be like, that's crazy to take him in the first round and then watch none of his backups get drafted. You know, what other running backs don't have backups even get drafted, you know, it's partly because the situation is not that good and he doesn't have a clear backup. And you could say that's a knock on him because you can't even back him up. But I don't even, I don't even care about backing up my guy. I mean, you know, if you have Dalvin cook and then what you, Alex Madison is going to save your season, forget about it, man. If you have Dalvin cook, you know, he's probably going to get hurt. If you get 12 or 13 games that are good and hopefully in your fantasy playoffs, I just meant there's no one on that roster you can project to get, you know, 30 touches outside of him is what I'm saying. I'm just, it's yeah. like, he just so locked in the role yeah. is, 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 was my point. But yeah, yeah. anyway, um, ODTN, I didn't, I'm with you on him too. And we agreed too much in football. It's a problem for me, but, um, ETN, it didn't, it wasn't great watching James Robinson go out there in the preseason game and just totally, you know, dominate the first word guy. I guess Minshew may have missed ETN on a screen. That he would have taken to the house. Um, I'm still buying. I love the, the upside and the talent, but, any thoughts after one week of preseason and watching urban Meyer and company, there's a chance he's a total bust, right? I mean, it's a fourth round pick. It's a third round pick in my case in one league. I'll probably get him in the fourth. Now he'll slip after that game. Yeah. I um, took him in the Vlad league early, silly early, like you third round, yeah. but look, I mean, you know, one guy tweeted me, uh, the guilds, he's a good uh, player. And he tweeted yeah. me, he's like, you got to thank James Robinson. He's the guy keeping Travis Etienne uh, artificially low and James Robinson's good. Like he should, he's going to he play. Good. 
and 17 games. And I think a lot of running backs, except Najee Harris and three others are going to actually split more carries this year because of the extra season. But I guess the the bet with uh, ETN is the skills, the pedigree, where they took him, the connection with the quarterback and just sort of like, Oh yeah, he's going to get some play because of that, no matter what. And when he does, it's going to be so obvious they have to give him more. And then no matter who the coach is, he's going to say, okay, we've got to get this guy the ball. And then you're going to, you know, you're going to cash in when he, when they start being like, it's what happened to Camara as a rookie, right? Camara didn't have the pedigree, but he was so good. They had Mark Ingram who was good and they had a running back. So there was really no way for Camara to do well unless Ingram got hurt. It seemed, but what happened was Camara was just so good that they just kept, you know, he just got a lot of work and it seems like that's my, what might happen. You know, you have Lawrence as a rookie with his guy, just dumping it off all the time. Uh, and them knowing that he's there, I don't know. It just seems like they're going to probably give him work. And, and then the question is if they give him work and he's really good, you know, what's the, what's the upside and the upside is first round pick next year, early first round pick. So um, I'm still in maybe in our league, I could have taken Allen Robinson and said, and left him to you, but I took a chance. I wanted to have at least one share of it. I'd argue he has an okay floor too, just in PPR leagues, just because he's going to get four or five catches. That, that team was one in 15 last year. And I just feel like even if he really gets less carries than we, we want, I feel like the cat, the, the receptions will be there. Um, all right, man. So what are you, you going to do a third Chris beat Chris list? Or, I am. Uh, I was going to do it like this week in Lisbon, but that now I don't know, you know, I don't have the bandwidth. I don't want to like do it on my phone. I'm doing using my, uh, hotspot to like send emails, be on Twitter, whatever. Do you do any prime times or any of the bigger ones? Yeah. I'm in the prime time September. Nice. So, yeah. uh, that one is looking forward to that. Yeah. The next two weeks for me is it's a joke. How many, uh, drafts I have and how many leagues I'm going to be in for luckily football, you know, so easy to manage. It's easier. It's, it's easier. It's, break not, a record. It's, not, it's not nothing, but it's easier. Yeah. I almost think like, I'm not going to do this, but like, just going like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf at the, at the one, two turn, like, just like, get me those two guys. Like forget about like Adams and Hill, get me AJ, AJ Brown and Metcalf. And then, you know, round, round three and four, well, you get third round reversal. So you could probably get like McLaurin there or something like that. Right. So you got those three and then round four, you probably won't get ETN even after the, uh, after the bad pit. You know, the, pit. Well, pits. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's super aggressive to get pits there. Yeah. Get pits and like, you know, get Cooper cup and pits at the next two or whatever. And then, uh, and then worry about running back. Why back. is that aggressive? I, I took him in the third round in our league. You I'm took not, him super uh, aggressive. Uh, yeah. The dude has the biggest wingspan of any NFL player in the last 20 years. And he's playing indoors with Arthur Smith. Oh, not bigger I, than I, you go. It can't yeah, be bigger than I, you. I, uh, good call. Good call. Um, yeah. So I, I talked about how bad rookie uh, years uh, tight ends have had. Grant caught 10 touchdowns. We did on like 52 We're, targets. And this is crazy. a totally different, you know, oh, yeah. uh, NFL. Well, like, why can't Pitts? And also so. Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time, but Pitts is supposed uh, to be Pitts, the greatest. It's going to be better. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. supposed to be, um, I'm still getting Gronk everywhere when I can. It's just, it's ridiculous where he's are. going. Right. And then the other guy I like now is Irv Smith. I've talked myself in Irv Smith. Irv Smith is the number three oh, receiver yeah, yeah. there. He's in his third year. He showed up jacked. He was a second round pick. I mean, this is it. This is just, he's just going to, he's going to score like eight, nine touchdowns. He's going to get like a thousand yards. He's going to be the next guy. You know, every year there's somebody, you know, Waller became a guy at some point. You know, he was nobody a couple of years ago. I think Irv oh. Smith is going to be the next guy. 
Old man Thielen will get hurt. Totally agree. Love him. I have him ninth, moving him ahead of Dallas Goddard. Right I'm going to start behind. moving him up because now Ertz is, is starting to cut into Goddard. So I got to. Oh, yeah. I moved him. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I have it's like Noah Fant. There's so many guys there and bad quarterbacks. It's hard to. I have him ahead of him. Yeah. I have Ertz ahead of him. Yeah, I'm with you. He's going to he's gonna eat at the goal line. Even if he doesn't help you too much, like in the yardage or whatever, at minimum, he's going to, he'll approach double digit TDs. I'm with you. He looks, he looks good. What about, uh, what about your, um, your Giants and Saquon Barkley situation? I'm moving him up. Uh, it just seems like everything's to plan, right? Like no, there's been no setback. It, you know, they've been cautious. They've been very careful what they're saying. They're not promising very much, but he just keeps chugging along. And I think maybe he'll get 10 carries in week one or something, you know, modest, but 17 game season, that's not a big deal. There's, they were starting to get people getting Taylor and Saquon at the turn. I know. And that's I said, the that's dream. The I'm with nuts. you. That's the dream. That's the it is nuts, man. I mean, I love Metcalf and, and AJ Brown and, and maybe you get lucky at AJ Brown, in the first pick of the third round, which is, that's the so-called nuts, right? Like Barkley <laughs> and Taylor. And then you get AJ Brown first pick of the third round. That's yeah. it. But I don't think that's, I think Taylor's starting to creep up. I think Barkley's creeping up because there's been no bad news. Those two guys, you could take those guys at four Taylor and Barkley. I, I mean, I have no problem with it. So yeah, I'm, I'm in on Barkley again, the giants, Dimes has been erratic. He's been okay. Uh, Galladay's already hurt, so that's already a bust. That's already a stupid signing. He's already uh, broken down. He's like super old for his tenure in the league. He's like the same age right. as Beckham or something like that already. I'm not really high at Galladay. I don't really like any of their receivers. Uh, I'm not really drafting them. I hate Ingram. Uh, I, you know, Kadarius Tony. I'll get him with the last pick because he's banged up now. But like, uh, they believe in that guy. Urban Meyer wanted that guy. I think he would have taken him over ETN. And he's just like an electric talent and i think like if galladay's banged up and they've got like slayton and shepherd but like uh tony will have a, a role yeah i'm writing a sleeper column and my pick for the giants was actually shepherd who's this quietly top 25 in target share last year um yeah i don't know about tony who's been banged up all didn't he just aggravate some injury too and uh yeah. galladay i'm out on so yeah i don't know i kind of like shepherd and daniel jones admittedly could have been partly bad last year because he's playing with this like crazy hamstring injury that I guess and, a lot of people wouldn't have played through. No, so and the worst offensive line in football, he had two yeah. things going on and you know, there's a regression. Andrew Thomas was playing hurt. I think the line, you know, I would project them for like the 22nd best line just had a regression and you know, Thomas uh, was hurt and Solder is back a couple, you know, I mean, just they're not going to be good probably, but they wouldn't be projected for 32nd. So I, I think there'll be some positive regression. Daniel Jones was playing through a horrible injury. I, I still, I don't think he's necessarily going to be good, but I think there's still a chance that he's not bad. Uh, he was pretty good as a rookie in pretty bad circumstances too. So I, I think he has a chance. The line just has to play better, but I don't, I don't like Galladay this year and Slayton's okay. He's not bad, but he's small and Shepard, he gets concussed. He gets hurt a lot. I'm not really, you know, he's just a possession guy. You know, the guy I like, and I've been talking to is Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry's there in the ninth round and he's going to catch 90 passes Beckham's always hurt. Peoples Jones looks like a, a decent prospect, but there's no one there. And Landry's he's going to get 140 targets again. And he was playing hurt last year. I think Landry's like, just like easy, like every week starter in a, in an NFFC format. I kind of like Mayfield. who's totally free in one quarterback leagues. He got 7.8 YPA for the second half, two of those games, like in crazy wind and without Beckham. Uh, but that new system, he just got a lot better. Um, I think he's, he's like, uh, 
I've been saying he's Joe Burrow. He's going to put up Joe Burrow's stats this year, but he's available five rounds later. He'll even run as much as Burrow this year, I'd argue, coming off a torn ACL, yeah. MCL, and meniscus damage. So, Baker's um, slow, man. He, he I know, but last run. the second half, he ran 100. He ran like whatever, 12 yards a game. He or runs. Every now, I mean, he, a little he enough. Tries. I, he's a bad runner, though. He tries to scramble <laughs> like he's in college or something. He runs and funny. That dude gets yeah, he runs he funny, like yeah. his, the way he runs. Actually, he's, but, not a, he's, 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 like, he's not as athletic as he thinks he is. Yeah, but anyway, I, I can see Landry eating out of the slot PPR, very cheap receptions yeah. for sure. But I, I'm kind of buying in OBJ in a bounce back. I mean, that guy got off to such an inner circle hall of fame start. Now he's supposedly healthy and motivated. So we'll see. And I, in my comment, in the Starkey 150, I wrote as far from his prime as AJ green or farther from his prime than AJ green. I, I love OBJ, but I'm worried that those injuries are not like, he's never going to be that guy again. You know, there's just been possible. Oh, totally yeah. possible. I hope, I hope I'm wrong actually. And I'll probably get a share just in case. Yeah, totally. Possible. That team's going to be good. Their project—I mean, their their schedule looks easy, and they're—I uh, don't know—they're going to run the heck out of the ball. And I like their coaching. I think the Browns are uh, all the laughed, you know, over hyped last couple of years, but um, obviously they were, did well at the end of last season. But um, I think they're the real deal entering this year. Yeah, this should be good. All right, that's enough football. You got anything else? No, I think that's about enough. You get sick of me talking Trey Lance. I'm sure the rest of the season. But um, yeah, well, let's let's talk about other stuff, man. There's a lot going on in the world. A lot of stuff going on. You know, as I said, I got COVID. I'll just tell people because I was looking for this when I started getting it. Like, what do you get? Like, what are the symptoms? You know, like people curious. The the first, like, so Sasha's positive on, on Wednesday and I felt pretty normal though. You know, I felt a little tired or whatever, but nothing. But then on Thursday, I actually was like, uh-oh, I'm sick. Like, I got this thing, right? So I had like chills and I remember like I went down to pick up like the delivery food and just being outside in my shorts, like just getting this food was like, got a chill to the bone, like filled up this hot bath. I was like, you know, then I was like sweating first night. Next day, I had this like horrible headache, body aches, but like this bad headache. I'm less chills, fever of 99, like 99 and a half, nothing serious. And then the headache went down into like a body and chest aches. For the next two days, I felt like this horrible chest and body ache. And I was, by the way, I had ivermectin, which I had gotten from my, that nurse practitioner I've told you about. And I would say, you know, I can't, some people are like, did that help? I'm like, there's no way to know because I don't, I didn't do the control. I'm not the, I can't be the controller. <laughs> right. I took some of that and vitamin C and a bunch of other stuff, lysine and olive leaf extract and quercetin and um, NAC. I had all these vitamins, baby aspirin. Anyway, so it was like two or three days of like body aches. And then it just became sort of a malaise for a couple of days. And then the last week I've just been pretty much fine Occasionally, I'll be like, oh, I'm kind of tired doing this or something. But by today, I've got a little raspy throat maybe, but that's it. So that was all it was. Heather was a little worse than me. She's still a little sick. She, she got it a couple of days. Basically, Sasha got it, and then we were in quarantine. And even the day that we tested, we just tested for the hell of it for the trip. We didn't right. suspect anything. So she slept in my bed. So like, you know, I've got some of these COVID positive in my bed. Of course, I caught it. Then we're in quarantine, and so then Heather got it. Yeah. So that was, you know, was yeah, my, my son tested positive uh, months ago and I, he was on my lap all day that day and none of us ended up actually getting feeling sick. So I, I don't know. It's all weird, but yeah. um, I don't, who knows if it was a fault positive. I don't know, right. but um, sounds like you got inevitable. We probably were just lucky. Maybe you didn't have it. Cause it's so it'd be impossible to be in the same house as someone and, and not have that spread one would think. So sucks, man. Sorry to hear it. And I bet it's a, well, obviously, the, problem, the problem isn't, you know, I mean, this is like, like I, I mean, we'll see if there's long term or whatever, but like, I feel fine. I, I feel like I had a cold, you know, you have a flu, you're still a little, like it takes a week or two to get totally all the snot out basically, you know, all the yeah. phlegm, but like, 
you know, this was just a cold. So, I'm, you know, I don't feel bad about that. And I'm glad that I got it over with, but I, you know, I can't, I got a positive test on Monday. So I can't get on an airplane and Heather is not even testing yet. Cause she knows she's going to be positive. Right. So and it's not just that it's like, okay, fine. You're in LA. There's nothing urgent. Her school doesn't start, you know, for right. I can ask that. Yeah. Not for yeah. a couple of weeks, but like, it's like, okay, but I can't even go into a place yet. You know, I can't even go in to get coffee. I've got to drive here to do this. I'm, I'm still basically quarantined. We've been going to the ocean and swimming, um, which has been really nice, but like, okay, that's good. But like, you can't go into a place. So it's, uh, it's been crap. But anyway, that's just with me. But just if anyone's curious what, I'm not saying it'll be the same way for you. And I had the vitamins I had and felt like I had the right medicine, but, uh, but that's what it was. Yeah, this Whoop device I wear supposedly it's respiratory rate it signals. I guess if you have it, it's part of the reason a lot of people wear it. I guess that's something uh, interesting. I don't if know you if start you're, going your, below, yeah. How is your respiratory? How is your breathing? Anything? anything I never that? felt like I was struggling for air or anything. I I feel like it would be hard. I've been doing fifty push-ups and I can do them. And I'm not like I think maybe because I had I thought I had COVID before because I uh, I thought I had it and then I took a an antibodies test and it was positive. I know. So I yeah, thought I had right. it before. So I think maybe I had something in my lungs and the ivermectin might've knocked it out. I don't know. Cause my, I actually, my lungs were pretty good doing the pushups, like better than I'm, I'm less out of breath doing them, but I don't know. Legit, by the way, well, I can do 60. I, we had a contest that. with like her, her family, Heather's family, yeah. and I had to crush them with 60. That's legit at once. Yeah. yeah that's tough to do. That's, that's really good. I'm impressed. Yeah. That's good. I still want to watch you race Joe Bartle though. Also. Oh, Joe Bartle. Then he's probably fast. Cause you know, they, he's t- saying he's dominating the basketball court. I'm very surprised by that, but uh, you know, you don't want to uh, judge somebody on appearance. The, <laughs> the, uh, he says he can beat me. Maybe he can't, if he's actually legit fast and he's 28 or 29, he will beat me. I told you I, I, on the show, I raced my friend's 13 year old kid. Who's like, you know, he, he, he two years ago, he ran like a 5k in 21 minutes. He's a good athlete. Mm. And we, it was a tie, you know, for like 35 yards. But I think that was the first day I might've been getting, cause I was super out of breath that day. So I'll, I'll give yeah. myself the W, but that's the last time next summer. He's going to smoke me. I'm sure. Uh, my son, my daughter just signed up for um, cross country. I'm excited. We'll see. She's not too, she hasn't ran very long lengths, but man, she's the fastest in her class. Even the boys, if they challenge her to races, she just easily beats them. Oh, it's, uh, Your it's wife little, is athletic. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know how it happened. My son's definitely, I don't know if he's going to the same tra- trajectory. He's uh, small and a little bit shy, but man, my daughter, yeah, she's scored three goals in like a five minute span in the indoor soccer ah. game over the weekend. It was pretty sick. So yeah, no, she's a, uh, she's a, uh, she's definitely got uh, genes different than, than her dad. I didn't, I didn't demand a maternity test. I uh, keep seriously. For one. Maternity yeah. test for sure. Yeah. yeah. Maternity. Yeah. Maternity too. Her wife isn't very athletic no. either. No, I need a maternity test. Like, here. Skip, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. They swapped out babies in the hospital yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, Sasha, I know Sasha is really good at, at, at fighting too. So that's yeah, all I, I want to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to keep sending, sending me those videos. They're, they're impressive. You know, how Twitter gets, you know, I need security, man. I need to get security. So I'm going to have her drop some people. Certainly, yeah, no certainly doubt. those NLMs, she'll drop those dudes, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. kidding, she would drop them. We actually went to a boxing gym. I don't know if we talked about this last time. I don't think we did. Um, it's Manny Pacquiao's training for a fight at the wild card, and we went there, and uh, who knows if that's where we picked it up. But uh, So we trained with this guy who was like 
champ of Canada. And, and my friend sent me a video of this dude knocking out some guy at some serious like title bout. Uh, but this guy's cool, you know, and he was like, and, and we both did a, a serious lesson. He showed me these weird combinations where you got to like duck and do an uppercut and then a hook. And then, a, and, and, and when, when you're hitting it and start crushing, he's like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. He keeps saying that as you're crushing it and you feel good. You're like, Oh yeah, that is what you're talking about. You know, starting to, starting to crush. Uh, and she was throwing some punches. She, she was having trouble because she's only nine and like, it's, it's a lot. He asked you, you know, it's really tiring and you're, you're squatting all down all the time and, you know, and ducking and, and throwing these combinations. But, uh, it was good. It was like a real gym, a real trainer, you know, like she nice. got to see like the whole, you know, the whole thing. I told her they must've made the gym nicer because I was like, this is like a Rocky gym. Cause we watched Rocky together and uh, it wasn't nearly as dingy as the Rocky gym. I remember it being more dingy, but they must've cleaned it up. <laughs> nice. Nice. Awesome. Um, so, did you take notes to the pod? You want to talk about the cobble situation? Well, we'll talk about infrastructure that. bill. The Bitcoin infrastructure bill happened while we were gone, by the yeah, way. There's I a mean, lot that I was, happened. I was insanely checking up on that. And then it ended up, I mean, I guess it was, uh, nothing. It's still unknown. So that was frustrating. Um, yeah. Where do you want, what do you want to talk about next? I think, I think the first thing I want to talk about is like, I'm just like, there, there are people who want to mandate people taking vaccines, you know, whether they want them or not, whether they're, no matter how good they are. And the idea, and you know, I'm just really big on the civil liberties and the Nuremberg accords of like, you can't make somebody take a medicine. You can persuade them. You can tell them why it's good. You can, um, you know, help them see the science behind it and explain it to them, but you can't make them. And that's just like a line you can't cross in a, in a, in a free society. But that was like under the idea that like, okay, if, if everyone does take this, then this will just be over with and let's do it. You know, herd immunity. And now we're finding out that, A, like, you need boosters. These things wear off. B, you can catch it even if you have it. You can spread it even if you have the vaccine. And now it's like, this is not going to end if everybody vaccinates. It may protect a bunch of people, but it's not going to end. And now, once that's the case, there's not even a basis at all for mandating it. Because you can't do it for, like, the, the herd immunity. That's, like, out the window. So what are you even doing it for? Well, people say, well, we want to protect people. We don't want them to get sick. They're going to clog up the hospitals. But we don't do that with smokers or people who eat Doritos or Oreos. I mean, we say, you know, we treat everybody who goes to the hospital if they get sick and take different risks, ride a motorcycle, whatever. And it's a very inhumane society that's like, oh, you didn't, you took X amount of risks that we didn't accept, so we can't treat you. I think that's obviously wrong. So there's no, there's no basis anymore. Even I, I didn't think there was a basis, even if there was, you know, even if the goal was clear. Now that the goal is not even clear, there's no basis, and yet they're still trying to go ahead with this stuff. Like the Raiders, you know, don't want uh, uh, to yeah, go in. Exactly what I was going to say. That is happening. Yeah, it, exactly. they're going ahead the anyway. Yeah. And that's so yeah. weird because it's like, okay, we're going to put these plans in because we believe, and again, I think this is illegal, but and also immoral that to achieve herd immunity, we can take control of what's in your bloodstream. So they're going to do that. But now there's not even the goal that, you know, to achieve herd immunity, that's out the window and it can still be spread. And yet they're still, they're like, but we had these plans in place. So how can we shelve these plans? Well, no, no, your plan doesn't make sense anymore. Even from a, even if you thought it was worth it, even if you thought, unlike me, that mandating something was worth the trade-off, which again, I think that's the tail risk of mandating medicine for somebody is, is not, is, is not worth the trade-off, but but even if you thought it was, now, now there's not even really a payoff for it. And so what are they doing? But they're still going ahead. They're still trying to do this, which is just they're hoping that everybody just out of inertia is like, ah, okay, yeah, I guess they're just doing this. All right, I'll, I'll find my papers. Yeah, I want to eat at this restaurant. Here's my papers. Um, and I see a lot of people pushing back and being like, dude, like, I don't, I'm not showing my papers in a free society. I'm sorry. You know, 
lot of people are like, I got the vaccine. It's giving me protection. I, I'm glad I got it. And, but they're like, but I am not going to show my papers. So fuck off. You know, don't even, don't, uh, you know, don't ask me for that. That's not your right to ask. And I respect, I really respect that. It's, it's not about me or you or whoever, your status. It's like, no, irrespective of status is not acceptable. And then now that the, the basis for it's completely collapsed, it's so bizarre that they're still going forward. No one's even, they can't even argue the thing that they would argue that, oh, it's worth it. How could this be worth it? There's it's just no, it's incredible that they're just going forward with it uh, without any basis at all. And anyone to push back on your thesis, I can, can I point to that Substack article you wrote, which I don't think yes. we've had a pod since then too. So talk uh, about that. Yeah. It's this guy, uh, Nicolo something. I gotta, I gotta go to my Twitter, uh, to get his name, but he, it's his style. And he interviewed Greenwald. So I saw it, Nicolo Soldu. And I don't think he's on Twitter, but he basically has these like joke interviews. Like you're obviously a menace and a this, you know, he, and he like totally mocks. He says stuff that's like totally not even permissible. Like I would get like in big trouble for saying this on the podcast and stuff he says, but I just kind of went with that style of interviewing myself as Twitter interviewing me, basically everything that I encounter on Twitter interviewing me. I don't know. I tried to make it funny, you know, like, like you're trying to kill everybody and it's just such a distortion. And sometimes like someone will like forward me something, somebody's saying about me. And it's like such a distortion of what I'm saying. It's just like some made up crap. I basically just asked the questions from their perspective on Twitter and went into detail about what I actually think uh, as if this podcast isn't enough, but it's another <laughs> venue. I just wanted people. to point it out. I just wanted yeah. to point it out for anyone. Yeah. I don't need to go over it, but yeah, just anyone yep. should check that out. It was a good counter to, to a lot of, I mean, you addressed the issue, any issues, anyone Every might issue have. that they come uh, up. Yes. And, and, right. and it's like, you know, people just flat out lie about what you said. And I don't know if they know that they're lying. I think they, they're, they have like a talking point or a belief or a religion in their head. And then you say something that, you know, I'm against the mandates, mandate vaccine mandates or passports. And they say, how can you be against vaccines? This guy's, he's doing something so dangerous. And then they just run with it in their mind and they tell a lie about you. Like you're trying to do this when you've never once said that because in their mind saying you're against the mandate is the same thing as saying you're against it, or it should be, you know, you're anti this. And I, you know, for some reason they think that whatever, anything that has any connotation that's not, you must do this is negative uh, and somehow harmful. And so anything they say about you in the general direction of that is basically fair game. It's, it's, it's fair enough. It's true enough. And so I, I wrote that to be like, extremely clear about what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. Yes. No, it definitely. Even though I feel like I'm very clear (laughs) even on Twitter anyway, but it's like people just distort what you say. Um, because it just triggers like this lower brain reptilian brain reaction to like, you know, something that they think is bad. So I hear what you're saying in general, but yeah, I mean, it looks like it is going, the the train has left the tracks though. I mean, it is. I don't think so. I think they're, I think they're trying to implement it here and there in places. I think a lot of people are saying no. Um, and I think that a lot of businesses are going to, they're already struggling. These these poor businesses, they're being asked to do this stuff and, you know, and discriminate between their customers when they already, you know, had to close and the masks and things like that don't really make it pleasant to be, you know, indoors in a shop. And um, they're already struggling against a lot of forces. And now they're being asked to do this. And I think it's just, it's bad. And I, I, I hope people just say no. You know, I, I think people, look, I'm the same way as everybody else. You know, like I really would rather not say anything, keep my head down and know for sure that this fever will pass 
and we will not be Australia. I don't know if you know what's going on in Australia. It's like a totalitarian police state, and that will never rough. and that yeah. will never happen. And what the hell are they doing there? I mean, you want to be Sweden or you want to be Australia? I mean, it's just it's just preposterous. It's so obvious which one you want to be, right? And so I think a lot of people. You know, nice they're tasing. People. I saw a video of tasing kids pepper spraying them in the yeah. face. They're outside, like yeah. it's, it's madness, right? And and they, oh, this is for the public health. This is not. And this is controlled now. You know, it gets when you're a parent. You know how it is. You yell at your kid about something you want, and they ignore you, and then it becomes a fight about control. The thing that you were actually fighting about is like that's beside the point. At a certain point, you just get mad because they're not doing what you want. Most people, and it's for you guys listening to this. Like you have your job and your family and your your life, and it's good. And you're just like me. You want this to just go away and you want to be able to live your life and you're willing to take a chance. Maybe you took the vaccine. Maybe you started eating healthier, whatever it is, whatever, however you've prepared yourself. You don't want to catch it. Obviously you're not, you're not trying to spread it, but you're taking the risk. You're just like, this is my life. I want to live again. And you're sort of like, I don't want this totalitarian stuff going. I don't want to turn into Australia but you're just hoping it passes and you don't want to say anything because if it can pass without you saying something, then you sort of got away with it. You know, you sort of like, okay, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it, I think it will get defeated, but if, and only if people just say no, absolutely not. I'm I'm for any medicine that's helpful for people. I'm for people assessing their risk and and taking whatever measures they feel comfortable with, but uh, I'm not going to, turn into Australia. I'm going to say no to these things. And I'm going to see the, the, the road that we're going down before we're, it's too far. And I'm going to um, stand up in one way or the other, either by talking to people, uh, convincing them by speaking out, by not going along with stuff. Um, I just think it's really important because I, I don't think this is going to end by itself. I don't think the, the system, the, the thing that's under that's in motion is going to stop of its own accord. It's going to stop when everybody says stop it. And then they'll, it'll say, Oh yeah, no, 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 we're done. Yeah. We never meant it to go farther than this. They'll just pretend like that's how it was all along, but it's going to be up to individual people. And I, and I just, I feel every day I feel more strongly about that. And I just, I just think people should, they should do what they think is right. That's all. Do what you think is right. Don't do what you think is convenient or, you know, what'll get you in the, you know, no trouble or whatever. Just do what's right. Don't listen to me for what's right to figure it out for yourself, but, but act on your conscience, man, because if not you, then who it's, it's, you know, we're all, we're all the people that have the responsibility. Well said, man. Um, okay. What, what about Bitcoin? What about, what, we haven't talked about it in a while and with, uh, with uh, pretty craziness happened in, in Congress. Yeah. I don't want to get into that too much. I, I think that failed. I think they stuck it on this like senile Senator from Alabama that doesn't know what he's doing. And then in doing that, they just sort of let him take the fall. Cause they know that like the amount of money and political organization behind this is going to destroy anybody who stood in the way. Um, and the reckoning is coming for all of those uh, Congress people who are so cheaply bought off by banking for 200,000 here and a hundred thousand there. They do the bidding. I mean, the, the amount of wealth and power behind this, is going to just, it's going to blow people away and how organized it is online. Yeah, so I think I, that took people by surprise there, though. I think it did. I mean, the, well, the, the power that... The, it, it won't the next time. And as the price goes no. up, it's got to be more power. And, and and I think, like, you know, there's going to be reckoning in this bill. It's a couple of years before it's even uh, law. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it'll... I'm not worried about it, but... And there's going to be strong organization now to fight everything. But, you know, they put it on Richard Shelby or whatever, who's like 84 and, like, out the door anyway. So... 
well it's just ridiculous that he tried to put you know add on extra war or whatever tack to it and even said oh i have no problem with the amendment i just wanted that extra war money i mean even well, just he, flat out yeah. saying it just just you know highlights how ridiculous well they this, just they just stuck it on him because they knew like nobody wanted to be the guy because whoever's the guy that he's done this is the guy who's already done oh so um, it's a guy retiring for a reason oh not, yeah they're, not, they're still i got what you're saying you, you have, i, I you, got you have the smartest people not, in the world okay behind bitcoin and with so much money and power and they got defeated. It was like, oh, we're going to run roughshod over these idiots trying to do this crappy bill. And they were. But at the last minute, these guys got this guy, other guy to object and, and strike down the whole better language. And Even wow. though the two sides, the two opposing sides reached an amendment right. on Exa- the amendment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so what, what that shows is the, the weasels were outgunned and they were going to yeah. lose. But they're weasels and they're, they're clever and they, they got this done. But that... Forget it. You know, I almost think that's like a, it's going to get worse because they're going to go. Like gives you more time. They're going to really get medieval. They're going to get medieval. Yeah, they're going to get medieval yeah. on these people because now they just. They're ahead. Over. The technology. They're it's over. It's anyway. over. Yeah. It's yeah. just the, the death throes of everything else. And so, um, you know, it's up to like 45 ish. It's been up and down. Yeah. I thought but, it might be a little bit higher. The on-chain analysis I've been reading got me a little excited, even though I try not to, whatever, but I'm just curious, but, um, yeah, who knows the short term price, but, but yeah, all the, all the other stuff's bullish. What it's going to become official currency and what a couple, what's still 20 days, um, in, in, uh, which country is that? El Salvador. El Salvador. Thank you. Thank you. And another big company just recently said that they're going to start using, I forgot who that, but anyway, it's just constantly just news more and more bullish. It feels like, but uh, what about Ethereum, man? I have a lot of people in my ear saying, uh, saying that that's the better store long-term. I haven't let that noise get to me and at all, but um, do you have any thoughts on that? My, my thought is that like the blockchain, which is, is all based on is doesn't mean anything unless it's permissionless. The whole point of this thing is it like exists out there to, as this ledger that's, that's, peer-to-peer and permissionless that anybody can use and it and it works and i don't think i don't know enough about ethereum i'm not that interested in it but i think it's actually way more centralized and that whether it's some vitaly or whoever it is they it's not and then there's the proof of work which is this like physical proof of work actual energy use which is unforgeable and weirdly, it looked like the president, they took a, a, a hard stand saying we're choosing proof of work over proof of stake, too. And they're, in that whole Congress debacle, too, that was weird, too, you know, choosing technologies. Well, no, the thing is that proof of work is it's unforgeable. And it's like, OK, real work, you know, real electricity operating on the system forges the security of the system. Whereas when it's proof of stake, I don't know exactly how Ethereum yeah, I works. Know. I mean, I just kind of think of it as a, another shit coin because it's not... Yeah. It's 70% like not pre-mined and all the people... All that's, all that's, I mean, there's all yeah. this... Like, I don't, I'm just not even interested in it, actually. And I've tried to read about it, and it's so confusing. I don't even understand it, okay? It's so like... So maybe somebody knows something more than me, and it's actually good. And, uh, whatever. It's possible. I'm not going to say for sure. I, I haven't done the work, so don't just listen to me. it's possible they both win. You know, I mean, it's possible they, they can they, both... The so. fundamental difference, though, is the proof of stake, as far as I'm told, is basically like our system now, like those with the most stake control the network. And proof of work is it's just literally energy put into the network that mm. forges the, the security of it. And, I, you know, so I'm, I'm just not interested in that, whatever that is, whether it goes up in value, whether it has a use case, I have no interest in it. It's not going to free you uh, from a system where basically they can print money to make war, they can print money and give it to bankers and print money to inflate assets and basically keep stealing from people who earn, earn a living. I'm not interested in the other thing, whatever it does. I have no interest in that. I'm interested in the hard money that is the escape from the totalitarian system that we're increasingly being put into. I have no interest in some other investment uh, proposition. Oh, this one's going to skyrocket. Look at this. You know, I, I, just, I just don't even care about it. 
And I'm not going to say it's not going to go up because it has, and maybe I'm wrong and I don't know, but I just don't have an interest in it at all. Any of those things. No, fair. No, you're looking for a long-term store of value. And I'm looking for long-term store of value. I'm right looking now. for, I'm looking yeah. for an escape hatch, a lifeboat. I'm looking for an alternative to a system that's getting more corrupted by the day. Yeah. Jordan Peterson had a podcast explaining to him Bitcoin. It was interesting enough with uh, your boy Breedlove and, and company, but uh, uh, it, was, it was all right. Yeah. What was that thing that he got busted for that he was doing? Oh, cl- uh, clout? Something about the, uh, Yeah, the big clout. He sold it all, yeah. Oh, uh, got busted for a big clout. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's exciting times, Bitcoin, but it was craziness with, with Congress uh, kind of highlighting it. You know, I mean, they're, yep. suddenly Washington Post was running it on uh, whatever front page uh, talking about it. So, so interesting. It's only, uh, you know, it's only, only seemingly growing in the next six months, it's going to melt some brains where, where it's going to trade at. I think again, we're just two dudes. Well, this is a dude who wins all the baseball contests, but we're just two dudes who lose in the super contest every year. So take our advice at your peril, but it's just the real thing. It's just the goods. It's not like, I don't know short term. I don't know who's into it or what the on chain thing says or any of that stuff. I just think yeah. it's the good. It's like Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about all these details around it, but I just know that the, that it's the goods. That's you know, really I, the, I, the I used to say it was, it's the top of the first inning just because I was kind of repeating things I heard saying that, but others saying that, but it's, I didn't realize how truthful that was when I was parroting that six months ago, because even right now, people in my life that I talk to, it is so in its infancy, man. I mean, just vast, vast majority of people still just don't get it. And it's, it will grow faster and faster, but it's still, still just a puppy. I mean, no, no one, I mean, it's, it's still like, it really is still probably in the first inning. And just wait till the inflation starts really becoming known. I mean, I've, I've seen some tweets saying like, guy can't furnish his house because the furniture, there's just not available. It's backed up all the orders. Wow. So inflation isn't just, you know, prices going up, it's supply going down. The dollars can't buy the things they want because the things aren't there anymore. And there's a lot of bottleneck things going on with, you know, China and the ports and the shipping and, you know, all the mm-hmm. stuff that's happened the past year. I don't know, man. I, I think if there's a panic and it happens fast, it happens gradually, then suddenly, right? Like, like there's a little inflation. We know it's kind of even the, the, uh, the Fed admits there's inflation. Even the bankers are admitting there's inflation. And all of a sudden, you know, one day, if something jumps in price and there's a panic, I mean, this thing can happen fast. So that's when, that's when it, you know, people are going to flee for the life raft. And that could happen anytime. Nobody really knows. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, any thoughts on the cobble situation? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I have that's original. I mean, it seems like there's a Julian Assange clip that Glenn Greenwald tweeted where he said that the whole reason that we're in Afghanistan for this long was not to win. It was that these these, um, war profiteers just kept siphoning money from the taxpayer of Europe and the U.S. and delivering it to basically war profiteer security state that goes back and forth where, you know, they fund the security Everyone go watch that. Yeah, everyone go watch. So, and that's what it was for 20 years. And to Trump and Biden's credit, they were both like, let's get out for whatever reason. But obviously they botched this thing horrendously. And, you know, people are getting killed. It's, there's like executions going on. It's horrible. Americans are still there. Afghans that helped the Americans. Taliban isn't really scared of COVID. They're not worried about the hashtags that you post about them. I mean, this is, this isn't like Twitter, man. This is like hardcore savage dudes, like doing horrible things to human beings. And I don't know how we, I, I don't really know why they did this. I mean, it's a humiliation. I read this thread by this, like, you know, deep state guy that I don't know if, I don't trust him either, but he was saying that like 
watch what China does for this. They're going to start having exercises in Taiwan. They're going to know that we don't want any piece of this. Russia is going to step. He's basically saying like, once you're weak, and it's shown. Yeah, I read it too. I read that too. Okay. Yeah, I so passed it on. Again, it's yeah, a deep state. You know, maybe he wants more war. So I don't want to say that that's true. I'm just saying that, like, it is not good to be humiliated on the global stage, and then, and for good reason. It's not like, oh, it's just like, oh, look at that, you lost face. It's like, no, you really, you're, you're not being able to protect your own people or protect the people who worked with you. It's horrible. It's tragic. And the idea that, like. They knew, like they they had to have known that this was going to fall, that this was a weak setup. And to just, you know, pull out anyway, it raises some questions. And I don't want to go down the conspiracy rabbit holes or whatever, but it, it makes you wonder why they would do something like that consciously. I mean, like, did they really not know? I think they did know that it was going to be a mess. And I don't even know. I wouldn't say Biden knew. I, Biden, I don't even think is, I, I don't take him serious. I think he's like only half there. So I don't really think like he's the guy driving everything. I think, you know, whoever's the national security team, whoever's like, you know, driving this decision-making and I don't know who that is. I don't know, man. I think there's some questions. They don't even take questions from the press and the press isn't even the press, but someone should be asking, you had to have known that these guys weren't prepared. A lot of people warned you that this was very fragile. Why did you do it anyway? Like this, it's good to get out, but why did you do it without securing all your people first? Did you do it knowingly or did you do it unknowingly? Either way, it's very damning. Right. Yeah. It seems like they didn't realize it was going to be so sudden, but um, yeah, no, it's tough. But, but I, I mean, do they really not realize that? Because yeah, I mean, it seemed know. like a lot of people were warning that and knew that. That footage is just so crazy. You know, of the, the plane taking off on the runway and then people falling. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, it's really, yeah, horrible. I know it's a horrible situation. Um, but, but I would just say know. like there, you know, people should be resigning over there. There should be accountability and there is none. Nobody said, you know what? I resign. We botched this. It's like nobody takes responsibility for anything these days. Nobody powerful does. You know, somebody who tweets the wrong thing on Twitter does and then gets fired. That happens all the time. But nobody in power takes responsibility for a catastrophic situation. It's like a rotting empire when that happens, when nobody can even be held accountable for something like this. Yeah, I know. It sucks. Um, You've been having any fun back Twitter, back and forth you want to talk about? Not really. Um, I, I blocked a couple of people that were just rude. I, I'm feeling, you know, it was weird. I was thinking about this today. Like I used to, the old me used to be like, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to embarrass this guy. I'm going to show this guy up, you know, and I'll, I'll defend myself if someone's attacking me. But I, I, I really feel like two things, like one, people see who people are, right? Like I just think like people see how people behave. I, I don't, I don't have to add to it, right? It's just, it's there on display. And the second thing is, well, three things too, is like haters are loyal, right? A lot of people, they're, they're talking about you and you don't even know they exist. And if they're talking about you and talking about you, it's loyal. It, it's good. It's pu- publicizing you. You know, there's people maybe who follow them and coming over and read what you wrote. Maybe they read my Stubsack post and, and get to it. So that's just a, a benefit. And then the third thing, which is even deeper, which I'm trying to get to this place, is the concept of a bodhisattva and you see everybody else as a bodhisattva an enlightened being trying to help you become enlightened. And if you see people who are uh, prattling on about you and gossiping about you and saying stuff about you as bodhisattvas, as like somebody who's there to help you become enlightened and they're just the exact thing you need because maybe your ego has gotten a little too sensitive about stuff. You're defending an image of yourself. And so that guy's, you know, libeling you or saying untrue things. It gets you all riled up. Like I'm going to kill that guy. I'm going to show that guy up. And you just like sit with it and you're like, you know what? I'm, it's unpleasant to hear that, but it's good because it's not important. Like it's not, it's not an important thing. Now, obviously, again, if somebody threatens my livelihood or something like that, I would, I would defend myself. But just, you know, idle talk, 
the people are displaying themselves, but they're also serving a role for me too. They're publicizing me and they're also, you know, as I said, Bodhisattva is like helping me hmm. just let go of, right. uh, of, of having enemies. Like, why do I need enemies? I don't need enemies. You know, my, my enemies are, are the, the oppressive forces of the large forces of society, not individual misguided sure. people. You know, why should I be enemies with some guy who's pissed off about God knows what, you know, I, it's, I just, it's not even worth it. So anyway, uh, it's, that's really all I got to say about that. That reminded me Howard Stern. There was some funny stat, at least originally he had something like 80% of his listeners hated him or something like, and most of his, his most loyal listeners just despised him or something like the hate listen is real. Yeah. And hate yes, is good. you are good for you ratings. New, and you're thank the you. new Stern for sure. Thank, the new thank, Stern. thank you. Thank you for hate listening. People. Yeah. yeah no, no doubt. Um, you got, you got any, uh, you got anything else? I'll say one last thing. Uh, I, you know, I watched some movies with Sasha and, and we pick some like the matrix two was terrible. I forgot how terrible that was and inappropriate in places, just a bad choice. Um, but we also watched first blood, um, and believe it or not, that was more age appropriate. And, uh, I actually had a dream last night I did that, that we met Sylvester Stallone with Sasha and me, and that she was very excited and he was very nice. So uh, I, had a, I just realized, I just remembered I had a dream that we met cause we, cause we watched Rocky obviously. And then we watched, first blood we didn't watch rambo which is kind of stupid but first blood is one of my favorite movies of all time uh the fighting scenes are super awkward compared to like the jason Bourne ones it's like he's like not nearly as slick but it is such a good movie he's got uh brian dennehy with the knife up to his neck after he like disables all his guys and kills those dogs that was the only thing sasha yeah. was sad about those traps <laughs> the right. dogs kind of whimpered after they came after him he's got the knife to his neck he said i could have killed them all i could have killed you back off you know and of course that guy he's he's a nutless monkey and he just wants to like fight the best guy ever. And he's in so over his head, like when he goes to the, you know, at the end of the movie, when he goes, but first blood holds up a great movie, good movie to watch with your kids. Um, good values. I really, I really, uh, enjoy first blood. First blood is legit. It's great. I didn't, yeah, I haven't watched it with my daughter yet, but, uh, maybe, uh, soon, but yeah, no, it's a uh, very legit. And, uh, I know you fancy yourself a rapper. Did you enjoy my MC Paul Barman? I, I turned you on too. That was, he was good. He was good. Okay. Yeah, he was good. Right. I need, I realized I got to get Ted Bell on the production, you know, with my raps because I, yeah. the yeah. production was really good on that. Yeah. Okay. I like that song. Um, and finally white Lotus just ended a six episode run on HBO. It's a pretty, pretty, pretty solid, uh, mini series, the white Lotus on HBO, but that's all I got. List has been too long since talking to you. So glad to be back podding with you and uh yeah good times i think we sufficiently jinxed my baseball teams here for sure like no, let's this do is, it yeah, man just get it get, get the win, dude. Get the start w, losing man. immediately from right now and thank you yeah. for for officially uh putting the nail in the coffin thank you but, thank uh, your yeah. guy yeah yeah thank your guy andrew matney for jinxing you right, right. no i appreciate that though and no, i appreciate uh, the love someone stands up for you all right man yeah, take sure. it easy all right, all right. Later, later man later, man.